A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Who can know God's counsel? Or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid, and unsure are our plans. For the corruptible body burdens the soul, and the earth and shelter weighs down the mind that has many concerns. And scarce do we guess the things on earth, and what is within our grasp we find with difficulty. But when things are in heaven, who can search them out? Or whoever knew your counsel, except you had given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high. And thus were the paths of those on earth made straight. The word of the Lord. At dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been my refuge. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. In every at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days, and
and may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. I, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, urge you on behalf of my child Onesimus, whose father I have become in my imprisonment. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I should have liked to retain him for myself so that he might serve me on your behalf in my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that the good you do might not be forced but voluntary. Perhaps this is why he was away from you for a while, that you might have him back forever no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a brother, beloved especially to me, but even more so to you as a man and in the Lord. So if you regard me as a partner, welcome him as you would me. The word of the Lord. According to Luke, 
<clears throat> Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone who comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. With which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the, outlook, the onlookers would laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. recent weeks, we've been hearing in the Gospels calls to discipleship, being a faithful steward of the Lord, a faithful disciple, and today we hear again what we might call the cost of discipleship. Jesus' powerful, striking words, what it takes to be his disciple. And he's really speaking in a way of the call to be freed up in order to follow him, freed from any obstacles that would keep us from receiving the life he has for us and following as a disciple. But those first words are so striking, we want to understand them correctly. When Jesus says, if anyone comes to me without hating his brother or sister, mother or father, his very own life, he can't be my disciple. Now Jesus, likely not referring to the emotion of hatred, calling us to hate people, but the word being translated from the Greek can also mean to disregard or to turn one's back upon. Maybe that's a better way of looking at it. Anything but Jesus, we want to turn our back on, in a sense, to follow him. And every other person or possession is behind us. Because Jesus rightly can claim sovereign authority in our life, sovereign priority over all others, but to disregard in a sense to put behind us in order to follow the Lord more closely. And then we hear the striking call that really speaks about attachment and detachment and all the spiritual works of St. John of the Cross. He speaks about our attachments to things and people, possessions, our own will, can be obstacles to our freedom to follow the Lord. 
We want to detach from the obstacles with God's grace to be more attached to the Lord, more attached to him who wants to give us life. And if you think of it in the image of your hand, if your hand is clasped tight like a fist, you really can't receive anything in that hand, right? But if your hand is open, open to trust the Lord, then we can receive in that open hand what the Lord wants to give us so we can follow him. But we have the next, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. The cross, that mystery of suffering, mystery of struggles and loss, comes to all of us, doesn't it? Couldn't help but think in praying over this, of any Edwards coming right to mind, our young parishioner, 16, who had serious spinal cord injury, all of his family, the Edwards, the Bennetts, but so many of you, all of us here, carrying some kind of cross, be it illness, losses, relationship struggles, divorce, separation, addictions, whatever it might be, things that come to us in life that we didn't really want to choose, but when it comes to us, can I embrace it with the Lord? He who's carried the cross that absorbs all of our, all of our suffering, can I join it with him? Can I learn how to carry that cross with him? All the things we're powerless to fix, powerless to control, those are the things that are our crosses, aren't they? And the Lord is with us. We don't always see it, but he's inviting us, can you embrace that with me and allow me to carry that with you? That's the call of the disciple, to carry the cross with him. And the gospel ends today saying, unless you announce all your possessions, you can't be my disciple. What does that mean, renouncing? Renouncing again to turn our back upon in a sense. But I remember a, a wise phrase that uh, a Jesuit priest taught me when I was studying at Creighton University. Father George Ashenbrenner was a wise, good Jesuit. And he said, we could think of it perhaps as re-announcing your identity. Some people make their possessions, their power, their ideas, their uh, identity. But he's saying, really, the Lord's calling us to an identity in him where we're sons and daughters, we're disciples. That's our true identity in Christ. And to renounce can mean to re-announce who we are in the Lord. It's not my possessions that make my identity, but I can announce I belong to the Lord. He's my shepherd. He's my healer. He's the one I'm following. That's my identity. So that's a helpful phrase that comes to my mind for renouncing all that we have and are in order to follow the Lord. Reannounce the true identity he's giving us. And in a certain way, when we give all that we have and are to the Lord, it isn't that it's gone forever. But can it be where he gives it back to us with his anointing upon it, giving back to us possessions that we need, but now they don't belong just to us, but they belong to the Lord, and we share them with him. They belong to him, and he lets us use them for a time. So reannouncing and reattaching
to the Lord, not letting our positions or our possessions, people, politics, all kinds of things that can get in the way of really belonging to the Lord. St. Ignatius of Loyola in the spiritual exercises has us meditate first on how gracious, how merciful, how good our God is to us. All that he's done for us, his love for us, his mercy, his compassion. To meditate on that so we really have more of a grasp of how great the Lord is, how beautiful his love. And then he has us meditate to make a return once we've thought about and meditated on how gracious and merciful the Lord is, then we want to think, how can I make a return to the Lord for his love for me? And that's where he gives us the prayer that many of us know as a sushipe prayer or prayer of abandonment, prayer of surrender. Ignatius has it go like this. Take Lord and receive all my liberty, my memory, understanding, my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, I return it. All is yours. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me your love and your grace. This is sufficient for me. We can hear, we recognize he's given all to us. We return it but he can deal with it whatever way he wants. He can give us back whatever he knows we need. But what we most need is his love, his grace. That's enough, in a way, Ignatius says. Beautiful prayer that we can pray every day to surrender to the Lord. Just the other day, we celebrated the feast day of St. Gregory the Great, great pope and doctor of the church. He had a comment about this need to hand over to the Lord things and ourselves. And he said this, perhaps it is not after all so difficult for a man to part with his possessions, but it is certainly more difficult for him to part with himself. To renounce what one has is a minor thing, but to renounce what one is, that is asking a lot. Wisdom again, of it's a challenge definitely, but when we ask God's grace, we can grow in that inner freedom, that discipleship. Many of you know the beautiful surrender novena, praying that, and the refrain that we pray with that is beautiful to hold in our hearts as we offer the mass, where we receive the Lord, but we give ourselves back to him on the altar now, and that's the prayer O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything.